All right, First Corinthians chapter three. There's a lot of scriptures that are confusing to a lot of people. This is one of them. I hope that you'll listen. And we're going. I got a lot of scripture I want to read tonight before we get done here. But we're going to start off with this. First Corinthians chapter three, uh, verses one through three. All right, it says, "And I, brethren." could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able, for you are yet carnal. Man. For whereas there is, um, you know, people today don't take offense at that. They think, ah, they kind of smile and say, yeah, I probably am, yeah. But that was that's a real slam, if you understand words and what they mean. So, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? All right. Now, I've heard all through the years, I've done it myself, talked about other religions. You know, I've heard through the years many talk about the difference between true salvation and just having some kind of religion. Of course, we're always the one that have the real thing and everybody else just doing religion, you know. It's the way we always think, isn't it? (laughs) But I've come to believe that most people just practice some kind of religion, including those who claim to have true salvation. That's what I think. The older I get, the more startling it is to me. When I really... Look at the Word of God, and then I look at people, look at myself. I mean, that's where it starts. You've got to look at yourself first. But most people are not really spiritual at all. They're carnal. And that's bad. That's not two options that you got as a Christian. No, no. Carnal is not a Christian. That's why that's such a hard slam right there. I know everybody else says it's different. But I'm not everybody else, and the Bible is clear about this matter. What is carnal and what is spiritual? You know, what's the opposite of carnal? Spiritual, yeah. What's the opposite of spiritual? Carnal. One is of the flesh. The other is of the spirit. And we all understand, surely by now, after all of these months and months now, that that God is a spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. That being a Christian, being a child of God, being born again, it's a spiritual thing. It's not mixed with carnal. So I have noticed this. People are mostly carnal. They follow men. Now, and, and just stick with me. Listen, i got a lot to say here, and I'm going to try to stick with it and keep on hammering and I know that how it is it's just an overload and but you'll just have to try to get all you can get can all you can get and set on your can you know like I said (laughs) they I see that men follow men and not Christ I see that men and women go to men and women for help instead of to Christ first I see that they live according to their own desires And make up their minds about everything according to their own knowledge that they have gotten from someone else who's also carnal. 
Who was that said the other day? Was that you talking in Sunday school about everybody thinks they know something and they got it from somebody else and they think it's like their own ideas. Now, this is what I believe. But they got it from somebody else. Most do all this in the pride of their heart with their nose in the air. And that's why Paul couldn't give them meat here. He said, I can't give you meat. But he had to continue with the milk. You know, they kept flunking kindergarten. You know, Jesus and the written Word of God are the only, are, they're only an option to people like this. They added Him to their life for an embellishment or for emergencies. And that's all He is to most people. Now you just stop right there and think about that. Tell me if that's not true. It's to make them look better, make them fit into some fellowship somewhere, or just something to have in emergencies. So I can get God to help me. It's all God's good for. That's carnal. Yes, sir. That's carnal. It's not spiritual. Just because, you know, knowing all about doctrine and all about the Bible even doesn't make you spiritual. The only thing that makes you spiritual is being born again of the Spirit. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. They look elsewhere for understanding and guidance in their earthly life. Now, we're talking about carnal people. They're natural men, and natural men are carnal. We're going to read a verse here in a minute. You probably know where it is. They seek after the wisdom of men, and they would rather hear it from a carnal man than from the Word of God, by the Spirit of God, with power. Nobody really like, no natural man likes the Word of God preached with the power of God that's of the Spirit. It's a spiritual thing, you see. It doesn't speak to your feelings first. You have feelings, but they come after the truth, not before. And they don't enjoy that. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. He doesn't receive them. Uh, Spiritual power frightens people unless it's under their control. That's why all the superstition and stuff like that. They like voodoo dolls because they think that's under their control. They like witchcraft and potions and all of that kind of stuff. It's something here at Halloween and all their yeah. foolishness and wickedness. And, but that's, they think they've got that spiritual power under their control. They can use it like a weapon. Something to increase their power, their influence. But they don't like power that they cannot control. They don't like power that moves on them and speaks to something in them besides their fleshly lusts. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. Paul said, I came... This is what he said. This whole second chapter, third chapter, is all about the subject that we're talking about tonight, really. I want you to understand here tonight that carnal is more than just being out of control lust and indulgence in fleshly things. That's what everybody thinks. That's, it's way more than that. Paul said to him in chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, he said, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, and then he comes right into this, you're carnal. Because 
you're still looking at men. And there's strife and divisions and envy and all this among you. And you're saying, I'm of Paul and I'm of Apollos. And you're all divided and looking to men. You're carnal. You ain't got it yet. That's what he's saying. What does it mean to be carnal? And what does it mean to be spiritual? Well, go to the dictionary. Webster's 1828 dictionary. Carnal means pertaining to flesh. Fleshly. Sensual. Opposed to spiritual. So what we said a while ago, it's the opposite of spiritual. So how can you be both? How can you be spiritual and be the opposite at the same time? Hmm? No. Uh, opposed to spiritual as carnal pleasure. And then it says this, number two, definition, being in the natural state, unregenerate. That's what the dictionary says. The word means. That's what it means. Go to the Greek. You see the same thing. The carnal mind is enmity against God. Romans chapter 8. That's what God says. Flat out. Carnal mind. To be carnally minded is death. The carnal mind is enmity against God. You are against God. If you're carnally minded. Now the two words are opposites and they can be brought together in some kind of hybrid where they both describe a person. Most people tend to think of carnal as immoral or overindulgent in fleshly appetites and habits, but to be carnal has a lot more meaning than that and a lot deeper meaning than that alone. That's carnal, but that's not all that being carnal means. To be carnally minded, are you listening, is to look at others and to self for wisdom, for understanding, for guidance, and help. Looking to others, looking to yourself. To be spiritually minded is the opposite of that. It's to truly look to God for all those things. You see, there's a big difference here. We're talking about spiritual warfare. I mean, this is the what we've been talking about for a year and more than a year and a half. It is to realize that to hope in man or self is vain. And the only way, the truth, and life is Christ. To be spiritually minded is that. You ain't looking for somebody to tell you. Somebody to show you. Somebody to give you light. Somebody, you know, even people talk about, well, that preacher saved me. <laughs> I've heard that so many times. What in the world? Miss something. These two states of a soul, carnal, spiritual, they're not passive toward one another either. Galatians chapter 5 verse 17, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. That's right. Everybody reads that and they say, Well, that just shows you the right there. Said that... You got that nature and everything, and so you want to do right, but you can't. That's not what it's saying. If the Spirit of God's in you, you can't do those things you used to do. What about that? Why does everybody let the devil twist it before you hear it and understand it? Read it again. You're saying the flesh is stronger than the Spirit of God? It's capital S. It's talking about the Holy Spirit of God. It's talking about God. And our flesh is stronger than that. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't I read that in there somewhere too? Who is in me? Well, if I'm saved, 
Christ lives in me. The Holy Ghost lives in me. My body's the temple of the Holy Ghost of God. So, He's greater. He's greater. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now you want to read that verse again? The flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. Can't help it. You know, that's what everybody's preaching now. You can't help it. You've got to sin. You just can't help it. That's what you are. That's what you, as you're born that way. That's what you got. That's your nature. And you can't. What about God? And what about the Spirit of God? What about it? Where did that go? In modern Christianity, they've cut God completely out. It's a carnal religion most of the time. There can be no such thing as a spiritual carnal person. And neither can there be such a thing as a carnal Christian. They prove it from the very scriptures that I just read. Better read it a little closer than that. We're either carnal... Or we're spiritual. And most people are carnal. In spite of their profession of being spiritual because of their life and their behavior and what comes out of their mouths reveals it. Paul describes these people as carnal in their attitudes and their actions and in their beliefs. Verse 3. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Because that's what carnal men do. That's what natural men do. They fight and fuss and they're envying and, and hating one another all the time. So if there is envying and strife and divisions, what is wrong? Carnal. Somebody's carnal. Does that make sense to you? For you're yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying, strife, and divisions. Are you not yet? Are you not carnal and walk as men? So there will not be envying and strife and divisions among truly spiritual people, will there? All right. Now you gotta. Are you listening to me tonight? It's of the flesh or it's of the spirit. You're carnal or spiritual. Now, they don't go together. Paul said right here, there's envy, strife, and divisions. You're carnal. That's proof. Because that's works of the flesh. Remember? Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That is what your Bible says. Now, if you don't like that, you're going to have to cut that out or go get you a new version that don't have that in it. They mess with everything like that. All that stuff that's real clear about sin and all of, and the fruit of the Spirit and the works of the flesh, they mess with it. But this is the Word of God and that's what it says. I just read it to you. So, if there's any disagreement among spiritual people, it's going to be handled with love and forbearance and patience and kindness. I believe that. 
Say, it narrows the field away down. You better believe it does. I wish I'd understood this 35 years ago. <laughs> sure would have saved a lot of trouble. Things would have been a lot better in a lot of areas. I mean, some disasters could have been avoided if I'd have just understood this that many years ago. You're blessed to hear it now if you're young. You better listen. You better believe it. And you better keep it. If there is malice and envying and strife, these are clearly shown to be works of the flesh or the result of carnality, a carnal mind. longer I live, the more I can understand the older people that I knew when I was young and how they talked about this a lot. You know, don't fight. Don't argue. Be kind. <laughs> don't be so critical. Yeah. The more spiritual understanding that you get, the more you'll be like that. We all will. To be spiritual is the opposite of all of that stuff there, envying and all of that. Spiritual, here's the definition of spiritual. It's consisting of spirit, not material. It's incorporeal. Not, that means no matter. It doesn't consist of matter. It's not something you can touch and feel and hold and move around. Spirit. It's uh, as a spiritual substance or being. The soul of man is spiritual. It's to be aware of a realm in which we can live which is not of this world and is not controlled by what happens in this world. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. We sing all the songs. You hear all these words all the time that I'm talking to you about. We've heard all the phrases and all the cliches and all of the sayings and sang all the songs, but still, we don't understand. We don't get it. It don't sink deep down into us. The difference between spiritual and carnal. Carnal is what we can touch. It's this physical, temporal world. It's what we can, we can get a hold of. It's what we can hear with our ears and see with our eyes and feel with our hands and taste. That's this world around us. Now we live in this world. I understand that. But if we belong to Jesus, He said He has that we are not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're in the flesh, but we don't walk after the flesh. We walk after the Spirit if we're born again. That's a fact. That's just a fact. And it needs to be preached and preached and preached and shouted abroad. Somebody needs to remind this world of this fact. It's to be aware of a realm in which we can live which is not of this world. First Corinthians chapter 2 again, verse 9 and 10. Paul said this right after he said that a while ago about uh, uh, what, I, what I read to you about not coming with enticing words of men's wisdom and all that. 9 and 10 says, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now most of us immediately think of heaven and eternal things in the future. 
But the context doesn't even refer to that. It refers to the right here and now. You can apply it to heaven, but that's... But we overlook that fact. That's not the subject of the context of these two chapters. The context of these two chapters is talking about being spiritual or carnal. And these people are carnal. And he's trying to help them. God, I have not seen, ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But he, God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. That's past tense. He's done that. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Verses 11 and 12. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him, the less. Even so the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now see, no man knows, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, little less, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So there's, I said, I'll say it again. To be spiritual is to be aware of a realm in which we can live, which is not of this world. Not controlled by the things which happen in this world. You, you, you're a Christian, you're really saved. Well then, you shouldn't be overwhelmed and overcome by the things that happen around you in this world with other people and all of this. We're living in a time when they're just trying to make us all scared to death and the world's going to blow up and the country's going to end and we're all going to starve to death or we're going to get COVID and die. And, you know, it's just all the time. If you're a child of God, you've got a refuge. Yes, and, and it's real. Right. It's not something you just have to disclaim to. The Spirit of God comforts you. And He gives you understanding and he, He's a shelter in the time of storm. He really, really is. You're sheltered. You don't get carried away with all of the babble of this world. Where I see so many and they're just so troubled and they have no peace and they just can't seem to get a handle on things. What's wrong? Carnal! That's what's wrong. Uh, verse 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. There's a realm to live in that is spiritual, not earthly, carnal. There's a realm where you can understand things that's not of this world. Is that too far out for y'all to get a hold of? I mean, this is this is basic. Yeah, these are some of the principles. This is not meat. This is principles. Now, I looked in a few commentaries and I noticed four hundred years ago, people understood this commonly. Now people don't understand this. Religion is, and being a Christian is about belonging to a Baptist church. Yes, sir. Got my name on the roll. I go soul winning. Yes, sir. <laughs> I pray, I read my Bible ten chapters a day. That's being a Christian. But that always changes, you know. I mean, when I was first a Christian, people around here wouldn't even go to a gas station if they sold any liquor or store or anything like that. Now they'll go in there and get it and drink it. They keep it in their refrigerator at home. That's right. 
So that's not, I mean, that's carnal. That's of the world, see? It's changing. Being a Christian was understood not so long ago as being spiritual. Understand it. That you live in a different realm. And you're separate from the world. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. We thought that just meant so you dress right. Uh, (laughs) You don't belong with them. They're carnal. If you're spiritual, you just can't fit in with a bunch of carnal people. Everything's different. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. There is, therefore, now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Do you know all these new versions leave that first part, that last part off? There is therefore, therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And that's where it ends. Look it up. See if I'm telling you the truth. They leave that out. You don't have to walk after the Spirit or after the flesh. That ain't got nothing to do with it. Christ came and so everybody's okay. One more uh, verse in, no, two more verses in Romans 8 there. 8, eight 4. <clears throat> that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You live in a different realm. You walk in a different realm. We live in this world. We got to work our job. We got to eat our food. We got to drive our car. And we got to be in this world. But we're not of this world. It's not what runs my life. It's not where my hope lies. It's not where I go for information and advice and counsel. Blessed is he that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Romans 8 verse 9. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit, capital S, of Christ, he is none of his. So the Bible is just extremely clear that if that it's the Spirit that's the difference. And people that are carnal are not saved. People that are spiritual have the Spirit of Christ. If you don't have that, if you're led by your lust, if you're led by the world, if that's where you get your edification from and that's where you get all your information you look then what am I going to say to you how can I tell you anything different this can only happen through the new birth being spiritual Jesus said this in John chapter 3 verse 6 that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit we can stay here all night the Bible is full of this I'm not off the I'm not off the beam. I'm right on with this. This is true. What about you? Look at yourself. Are you carnal? Are you spiritual? Now, you got to examine yourself, and you got to be honest with yourself about that. Jesus also said in verse eight of John chapter three. I'm talking about this realm of the spirit where. You don't see it. It's not material. It's not something you can put your hands on. It's not somebody something that somebody else can see. Jesus said this. He said, The wind bloweth where it listeth. 
and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell from whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. That's how Jesus explained it. Now, if he that ears to hear, let him hear what Jesus said. He said to Nicodemus, he said, we're not talking about entering into your mother's womb and being born again. I mean, can't you understand that? Nicodemus, you're a teacher of the Jews and you don't understand this simple truth of spiritual and fleshly? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. If you're born once, you die twice. You're born twice, you die once. The spiritual mind recognizes what is carnal and refuses to be controlled by it because the spiritual man is led by the Spirit of God. That's just the way it is. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That means if you're not led by the Spirit of God, you're not a son of God. How can you discern it any other way? He, the spiritual man is led by the Spirit of God and he automatically knows these things that are contrary to God in his ways. This is something that I've always wondered about through my life. I thought, you know, when I got saved, I knew some things were wrong <clears throat> that I did. And I had to stop. And it wasn't because somebody said, you're going to have to stop or we're going to kick you out of church. Nobody ever said that. It's something in my heart and mind and my soul and my spirit. Just no, no. Got to go. Can't do that. Can't have that. Can't be a part. And then I looked at other people and they said, ain't nothing wrong with it. God ain't convicted me about it. You heard that? I always wonder, what is the deal here? Am I crazy or are they? Am I wrong or are they wrong? The Spirit of God in you enlightens you about all things. You know. You know. Preaching falls on deaf ears is so much of the time because they're carnal ears and there's no spiritual understanding. They're carnal. They're hearing carnal. You may talk spiritual words like Jesus did to Nicodemus and they're hearing carnal words. Like at the woman at the well. Same deal. And other places that we can read in the gospel where Jesus encountered the same thing. In John chapter 6. Except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you can have no part in me. And they said, oh, we're not doing that. And he said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they're life. How is it you just don't understand? And they all turned around and walked off from him because they were carnal. They followed him for the bread to fill their bellies with. And they couldn't understand what he was talking about. And that's just the way it is in church. About every time there's the church doors are open. <clears throat> A lot of people, most people, who make professions of faith, they receive some of the principles of Christ and make a start. But they revert back to carnal thinking and living. Oh, I've been in this a while. I've seen that. I mean, I know exactly what I'm saying. Maybe you don't, but I know exactly what I'm saying. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. They do it mostly because of the lack of examples of spiritual people in the churches. They get saved and they get in the church and they they excited and 
And then they get to watching other people and what they do, you know. Well, they don't come on Wednesday night. Well, they they do this and they go here and you know, they don't have a problem with it and and their conversation, you know. I mean most churches all they talk about is ball games and sports. The preacher included. Was that you, Garrett said this preached that sermon that preacher did and first thing he said before he got off the platform was who's ahead in the game? What's the score? You know. That's what's on his mind. Now somebody tell me that's spiritual. If it's not spiritual, what is it? It's carnal. What is that doing there? The prevailing way of doing things and learning things and understanding things is carnal, not spiritual, in the churches. That's right. You go to school, they teach you how to do it. The methods, the manner, the means how to get the means, how to, the methods to do it. That's right. Somebody tell me that's wrong. It's all about us building some great work for God. Some name for ourselves. I've been around this long enough. I, I threw away all that junk a long time ago because I knew that wasn't of God and God didn't have nothing to do with that. And if you think it does, you just get... You just scoot in there close to some of them and see what happens to you that are doing that. So it's very sad to realize that in the churches, most people who make a start toward Christ and living for God are taught to be carnal instead. That's why Paul's coming head on. First chapter, uh, first book of the, uh, you know, first chapters of the first letter to the Corinthians that's what he's hitting right head on. You're carnal. What are you doing? You're, you're walking as men. You're supposed to be spiritual. And you're carnal. You're yet carnal. Just about all Christians, uh, you know, Christian how-to books and stuff are written with a carnal view of things drawn from the knowledge they've gathered from observing people instead of looking to God and His Word and following the Spirit's help and guidance. Are you listening to me? Or they look to uh, <coughs> success stories of others and try to copy their methods or uh, to make or build something for God. If you get a book on prayer, what's it going to tell you? How's it going to be? I mean, how are they going to go about teaching you to pray? Well, most of them will give you prayers to pray. Just read this prayer. Or they'll give you a method of how to do it. This is how you outmaneuver God. This is how you get Him to listen to what you want. And get from God what you want. This is how you bend God's will to your will. Really, that sounds ugly, but that's just the way it is. Every kind of self-help book, from raising children to having good marriages to everything else, that's all it's become about. And it's all about carnal understanding. <clears throat> Y'all listening to me, do you understand what I'm saying at all? This is carnal-mindedness. <clears throat> it's not just lusting and being indulgent in fleshly things. It's thinking like them. 
It's using their wisdom. Not standing in the wisdom of men. I preach to you in, the, in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that you, your faith wouldn't rest in the wisdom of men. Psychologists and psychiatrists and doctors and gurus of every subject you want to name. They got the answers. The list is endless here tonight. I could just, you know. And Christians are, are just panting after them like nobody's business. And you know it's the truth. I hope you're not. I hope that this will help you to have some understanding about the world that you're in. They are at enmity with God. And you're going to be at enmity with God if you hug up with them. You've got to come out among them, be separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I'll be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. Not going to happen unless you come out from among them. And be separate. And it's more than just dressing different than they do. Alright. Being carnally minded is to go first to the wise men of the world seeking knowledge and understanding and wisdom and help. Humanism is carnal mindedness. It's certainly at enmity with God. Humanism. Man is God. That's what humanism teaches, says, believes. We can solve all of our problems. I mean, we got the earth. First it's global warming and now it's climate change. And, you know, some of the most foolish things you read, they're talking about putting a big shield out in space to shade the earth so it cool it down a little bit. They, they think they're God. They think they're more than God. They got the answers. We can figure this out. And they're watching all these asteroids. Been here 6,000 years, you know, and they think, boy, every day an asteroid's going to hit us. You know, that's everybody's great fear. All this young generation, an asteroid's going to hit us, here's the world. It killed all dinosaurs, didn't it? <laughs> what starts out as some pot-smoking goofball's vision becomes fact. In a few years. They just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. That was a theory. I remember when nobody even knew anything about that. They hadn't even said nothing about that yet. Then it was a theory. Now it's a fact, man. Don't you know? Asteroid hit the earth and killed all the dinosaurs. That's what happened to them. <laughs> but it ain't going to happen again. Because we're going to... I mean, we're, this is our world. We'll shoot a nuclear bomb at it. And we'll blow it up. Blow it off, of course. We're going to... We've got to get to another planet because we're going to ruin this. And, I mean, <laughs> go on. What happened to Mars? Well, go over there and create a paradise for yourself. Humanism is carnal mindedness. But people who claim to be living for God, by and large, do the same thing humanists do. And they think just like them. We first seek to learn to understand and to deal with problems by our own hand or with the help of others. Few are the people who go to God first, even if they're sick. They'll go to the doctor first. First. They won't go to God first. They go to God last. When a doctor says, sorry, you're going to die and I can't do nothing about it. And they'll say, oh God, if you're up there... 
Being carnally minded is to view the world and life and all that happens here as based in the physical. Listen to me. That's carnal mindedness. When you think that everything that happens is based in some physical cause or effect, you're, carnal, you're thinking with a carnal mind. Now, just think on that a second. Because I can, I can hit that again and make it a little more precise. But there's always some intellectual explanation beyond, based upon physical substances or actions and reactions. Everything's looked at as if it's a machine that we can control if we only know some things. I mean, we're so wise. We're the humanists, you know. I mean, who claim to be God's people. But we just figure if we can tweak this and tweak that and we can take this and do this and you know, move this way, move that way, we can just fix anything. That's the way you do stuff. That's the way you make stuff happen. That's the way you fix stuff. That's the way we're... We've got it, man. We understand. <laughs> Spiritual understanding. If you have any, you'll realize that the physical world is moved by the spiritual realm. And we just come to the point where we just totally ignore that. And we're oblivious to that. And we think that people that go mad and crazy and, and, and kill themselves or shoot up a crowd of people, we think it's just a uh, chemical imbalance. Hormone problems. Everything's hormone problems. Everything's some chemical you, you need that you ain't got. Eat this. That'll help you. Eat that. That'll help you. Fix for everything. Where'd you hear that from? I keep losing my place here. This is all without regard to the spiritual, which is really the cause and effects behind all that goes on in the physical realm. If there's anything that I hope you'll that will gain some ground in in all of this. I hope you'll understand that. And I hope you'll learn to look more and look beyond the physical for what is really going on. That's what spiritual warfare is. You can't, you can't fight the good fight. You can't even be a Christian unless you can learn to recognize the whole thing here and what's going on. Jesus never approached somebody and said, well, he's got germs, he's got a virus, he's got this. Uh, you know, well, his mama was mean to him when he was little and that's what's wrong with him. What was wrong with them? <coughs> Almost every time. What was wrong with them? They had a devil. You look at people, and, and we all do this, we look at people that have lost their minds, we say, and we can't understand how did that happen. And you, you, you believe the Bible? And you spiritual? And you believe what God says about it? And, and you don't understand? No, we understand. If we believe that stuff, we understand. The devil has blinded their mind. He has totally captured their mind. They're in snare. They're in his snare. And that's why they're crazy. That's why they say all that crazy nonsense and mean is the devil. Because the devil's in them. He's got control of their mind. The only hope forms to get loosed. 
What they don't need is to go be put in a nursing home and drugged down. They need deliverance. But Christians don't believe that anymore. We're carnal. We do things the carnal way. Yes, sir, buddy. The world tells us that's the wise way. The natural man receives not things of the Spirit of God, neither can he receive them or know them, for they are spiritually discerned. They are foolishness to him, the Bible says. And so we don't want to be counted that you know, we don't want to be counted foolish. It's foolish to believe this stuff nowadays. Because of the world around us. So a lot of people don't want to be counted that way. So they just they become chameleons and join up the world. I'm I'm really coming in here. We're doing real good. I was afraid I was going to be way long, but we're doing good. Everybody, hang on. So, wait a minute. Here, what am I doing? Lost my place completely here. Yeah. So the carnal mind is blind. You see. All that's without regard to the spiritual, which is really the cause and effects behind all that goes on in the physical realm. So the carnal mind is blind, which is what the Bible teaches us, and walking in darkness, which is what the Bible teaches us. And it leads to eternal death and separation from God and righteousness forever. That's what the Bible teaches us. Being carnally minded is to live after the flesh, not just our own flesh. Not just our own lust, but after the distorted reasoning of blinded minds of this world who walk after their own lust and lies. You hear me? That's what it's, it is to be carnally minded. Not just, it's not just about you. It's about you following the crowd of this world and being influenced by this world. Alright, now I've got some scripture to read here and then I'm going to quit. But this is an Old Testament example of what it means to be carnal instead of spiritual. Uh, back in Second Chronicles chapter 14. If you want to read along with me. But it will be 15, 14, 15, 16, 17. There was a man named Asa. He was the king of Israel. Second Chronicles 14, 2 through 5. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Are you listening? Not all kings did that. This was right after the verse before as his father died and Asa was made the king. And so uh, he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Also he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him. So far so good, right? I mean... All of Judah, he, he, I mean, he cleaned house. Cut down all her groves. That made him mad. I mean, he tore down all the houses of the idols. You know, all the contemporary churches. He demolished them. That's right. And there was peace and quiet for ten years. Now, that's wonderful, isn't it? He's starting out good, isn't he? Asa did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Remember what I said a while ago about some people get some of the principles of the doctrines of Christ and they start and then for long. Second right. Chronicles chapter 14 verses 9 through 12. And there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with a host of a thousand thousand. How many is a thousand thousand? That's a million. 
and three hundred chariots and came unto uh, Mereshah. Then Asa went out against him and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephath, uh, I can't say all them T's, at Mereshah. And, and Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help. He's doing good, isn't he? Whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, we rest on thee. And in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. So you see what he did? He cleaned the house. He did what was right inside the Lord. And now the enemy came against him after ten years. And what did he do? Who did he turn to? God. Yes, sir. God can help us. God will help us. Lord, help us. And the Lord delivered him. So far, so good. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. Now, uh, the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of, of Obed, and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you. While ye be with him, and if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. So, and that's something. God's faithful. I mean, he did good, did well, did right. And God sent a prophet out there and said, Good going, Asa. Long as you keep doing that, God will be with you. But if you forsake him, he'll forsake you. A little bit of negative, a little bit of positive. <laughs> See? always somebody around that will give you that. Not many of them. They're few. But they, he was there. Second Chronicles chapter 16. And in the 6th and 30th year of the reign of Asa. Alright, now let's count up here. He, he was... That, that celebration... Uh, that... Uh, well, we haven't... Uh, uh, hang on a second here. Let me get my mind straight so I don't mess it up here. But he was uh, in the. They he had, a, had ten years of peace, and then in the eleventh year of his reign, this uh, this prophet came and told him this. So then, in the fifteenth year of the reign, they had this big celebration and vowed to serve and depend upon God. After the prophet came and told him that, then <clears throat> you know, three or four years later, they had a big national celebration and vowed they would serve God. And then in the 6th and 30th year, that's 21 years later. Now, what's 21 years? Well, that's about how long it takes you to raise a family. Yeah. Learn everything. You know everything now. In the 6th and 30th year of the reign of Asa, Baasha king of Israel came up against Judah and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. I mean, they just <clears throat> surrounded him and said, ain't nobody coming in, going out. Then Asa brought out silver and gold out of the treasures of the house of the Lord and, out, and of the king's house and sent to Benadad, king of Syria, that dwelt at Damascus, saying, there's a league between me and thee as there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go break thy league with Baasha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. All right, now what did Asa do now? He's the king of Judah. Here's Israel coming against him. Same people. And who'd he turn to? 
Syrians. He said, come and help me out of this mess. He went to the world to get help against his own brethren. You ever see that happen? But not only that, he didn't call on the Lord at all. He got some money out of the Lord's house and got some money out of his house and sent it up there saying, hey, here's some money, help me. To some man. And at that time, verses 7 and 9, at that time, Hanani, the seer, that's a prophet, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord thy God. Therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a a huge host? See, he's going back years and years ago. With very many chariots and horsemen, yet because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart, listen, is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Then Asa was wroth with the seer and put him in a prison house. For he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. Well, now that's the way a spiritual man reacts, isn't it? What's wrong here? Second Chronicles 16, let's go to verse 12 and 13. And Asa, in the thirty and ninth year of his reign, was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord, but to the physicians. And Asa slept with his fathers and died in the one and fortieth year of his reign. So there you go. That's what I'm talking about tonight. So he started out right. What did he do wrong? Well, he forsook the Lord. And he turned to the world. He became a friend of the world and, and his own people became his enemy. That's the way it is when somebody gets mad and leaves the church too. Seen it over and over and over through all the years. <laughs> they love you to death until something gets crossways with them somehow or another and then they hate you. Just like Asa did there. Man, he was so mad at that prophet that came to... He was in a rage. Put him in a prison house. And then that wasn't good enough. He just went and beat up some other people to let off some more steam because he was so mad. Because things didn't work out. His way didn't work out. It never does. One more, I'm going to read you this in 1 Corinthians 3. Let's read verses 18 through 21 and we'll quit. I'm done. I promise. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool. This is the same chapter. The carnal people and everything. Let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness, and again the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours. So what does it mean to be carnally minded? Do you understand what being carnally minded is a little more? You'll understand a little more about it. 
It's not just eating too many hamburgers, you know. It's not stuff like that. It's, I mean, it is, but it's that's carnal, all right. But that's not where the problem is at. The church has become just like the world. And we're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. I mean, if the salt's lost its savor, what's it fit for? It's nothing. It's good for nothing. <clears throat> but to be cast out and trodden under the feet of men. The only, the, the power of the church is, is to be spiritual. To walk with God. To live in the spiritual realm. To look, to come out and look at all of this from that viewpoint instead of being in it, uh, envying and fighting and, uh, you know. The, the effectiveness of the church and the, and the work of God is only when God's people come out. When we get all tangled in the world and we become like them, there's no, you know, they're building churches now and changing their music and their atmosphere and everything to get people in so they can tell them the gospel. Elementary understanding of spiritual things tells you that will not work. That's not what you do. No, sir. Luke chapter 14, right at the end there, Jesus told them at the end, He said, He said, Except a man forsake all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. You know what the next verse says? In the first verse of the next chapter says, Then drew near all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. I said, this guy ain't saying the same thing all this other bunch is. Well, they'll run them off. You make the way in there. No, it won't. They know. Everybody knows. And when you tell it to them straight, they'll either get mad at you or they'll, they'll stop and think. They'll stop and think. It's a window for God to deal with their heart. That's the way it is. When you think about this, we need to examine ourselves. We need to grow up like Paul's talking to these people. Meat. Can't have meat if you're carnal. What'll it do to you? It'll just make you proud. Knowledge puffeth up. That's what it does to a carnal mind. All right. All right, bow with me and we'll have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the word of God and thank you for the time here tonight. Thank you for the the liberty. Thank you for the word of God and the truth that we've talked about. And I've tried my best to make it plain. I pray that, Spirit of God, you would do the rest of the interpreting so that there's no confusion in somebody's mind about this matter. I pray that it would land on good ground tonight and it would help us all in our walk in this world. We are pilgrims, strangers here. We don't belong here. Our citizenship's not here. We're looking for our country, a city that hath foundations, a place where all this carnal stuff and this envy and strife doesn't exist. Your kingdom, it is a spiritual kingdom. And Lord, I pray that you would bless it now to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.